It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, February 27th. There was supposed to be soccer over the weekend for the LA Galaxy. There was no soccer for the LA Galaxy. Here, I thought we wouldn't have to find things to talk about for the rest of the year. And we're in one of those situations. We're going to talk about the postponed game. Go a little timeline down to how that got postponed. Talk a little bit about the LA Galaxy's new assigning, Lucas Caligari, where Julian Araujo was pictured as well. Look at some roster things, some benefits, some disadvantages, all that fun stuff. Blah, 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 blah. To help me do all that, we're glad to have him back. He's Mr. Kevin Baxter. Kev, how you doing, buddy? Lucas Caligari. Yeah, Ca- Caligari. I mean, that's what I'm going See, with. Caligari. I did, the first first time out of the box, I messed it up. Well, I mean, we um, did we did discuss how to pronounce it before this. Caligari. 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 That's what I would go with. Caligari. That's that's sort okay. of yeah. Is this the first weekend of a regular season the Galaxy have gone without a goal and scoreless at the same time? Is this that, the first? Uh, Mr. Provino in the chat room said, uh, surprisingly, the LA Galaxy already out of uh, first place. Haven't even played a game, <laughs> you know? Yeah. No goals, no points, no no goals allowed. Yeah. It's a lost weekend. Shut out. They got a sh- I mean, there's a shutout there, I guess, um, except that they didn't play a game. So not really a shutout. I don't know. It's is this this can't be the first time in league history that the LA Galaxy didn't play on opening weekend, but it probably is the first time in history that the LA Galaxy didn't play opening weekend. You know what? It may be the first time in history, and I didn't bother to look into this. I, I just, I take, just thought take of it forever. But right now, Portland is playing as we speak. Portland is playing the final game. They were delayed two days by inclement weather, but they did play. There are, there have been no draws on this opening weekend, and and there were two crowds of over sixty-five thousand. Would have been three if the Galaxy had played. And and again, crowds are tickets distributed. So even the inclement weather, if only five people showed up, they distributed seventy thousand tickets. Um, but Charlotte drew over over sixty five thousand. So did Atlanta. That's never happened before in MLS history. And ex- on the same day. I mean, I, in some ways, an exciting weekend. Well, everybody knows I was out of town, so it was funny on Friday whenever this game got postponed and pushed. I got like I don't know four, five, six messages were like, "Now Josh won't miss the season opener." A lot of people were saying the LA Galaxy were were rescheduling just for me. Um, because they didn't want that, me to that miss, be true. miss the season opener. So, um, but you did get a chance to watch the, uh, Apple TV coverage. There were a lot of good games. I thought the St. Louis comeback in Austin was really good. The Atlanta comeback the Atlanta and comeback, then I, yeah. S- Seattle is back for nothing. I mean, over you know, maybe Colorado. not the strongest, over yeah, Colorado. Not the strongest not. team in the league, but, but I thought they looked pretty good. Let's not, 
Let's not, not yet. It's not you. There will be plenty of times for Seattle is back. Whooping up on a Colorado team that didn't even start Kevin Cabral is not one of those things that you need to be worried about right now. Colorado picked to finish probably near the middle or bottom of that conference. Now, uh, whether or not Robin Frazier can absolutely resurrect that team as he has done many times to bring it, you know, sort of the, this is Robin Frazier. This is Colorado. They sort of get by on the shoestring budget and the whole deal. Um, it's just, you, you shouldn't be sitting there going, going, oh, well, because Seattle beat Colorado. It's like, wait, let Seattle play a real team. All right, let's, let's put them into the, one of the top five teams, I think in the Western conference, this, uh, this, and then tell me Seattle's back. Well, if they're as bad as you say, Colorado, then they may be the only team that will miss the playoffs this year because everybody gets to go to the playoffs. Yeah, ever almost. I mean, I think you get to go to the playoffs, so that's good. Every- and that, I mean, if people haven't heard about the new playoff format, basically it's nine teams per conference. 62% of the teams in MLS will go. Mm-hmm. Only the NBA has a more generous postseason policy. There's a play-in game for the eighth and ninth teams in the in each conference. But then it goes to a best of don't. three. It's so stupid. I can't. I can't. I don't even They're think gonna, we shouldn't even promote this. We shouldn't even talk about it because I'm still hoping that somebody like put out the wrong press release. It's stupid. And... I know people are going to say this, Taylor Twelman was on Apple 360s talking about the uh, the the playoffs, and he goes, you know, I was really sort of hesitant, saying, oh well, the single elimination games, those aren't going to be any good because you know, blah blah blah, whatever the reason. And I can understand single elimination and why there's drama immediately there. It's one game, you're done, the whole deal. I can understand that. When you go to three games, it, it's it it doesn't do anything for me, and there's no ties. There's no ties. Yeah. So, so you're going straight well, to penalty kicks. That's not soccer. That's not how this works. I I understand the two leg playoffs and those are, you know, those are played everywhere. You get home and away. That's great. And, and everyone gets a home game and it's decided on aggregate goals. So you just can't, you know, sit on the ball. Why three games? I mean, I I actually talked to somebody at MLS because my thought immediately, and, and a lot of people wrote this as well without checking that this came from Apple TV, that they wanted more content. It's going to be 30. If every series goes to term, it's going to be 33 game postseason. After a 34 game regular season, doesn't make any sense. But they assured me, MLS, that this was discussed before Apple TV joined the conversation about being the rights holder and that they had kind of locked this in. And, and Don Garber did talk about it before MLS Cup last year, a new playoff format. But it doesn't make sense. And the other thing is, is the team that finishes first in each conference, so one of them being the Sporter Shield winner, they really get no advantage because they have to play the same number of games. Um, they don't get a buy. They don't play the play-in game, but neither does any of the team in the top seven. The only thing they get is the home field advantage. Yeah, I like Phillips says. We should just go, let's just go straight baseball, best of seven. All right, best of seven games. You know, hey, how about we just have 20-minute halves? We can do 20-minute halves, best of seven, and then instead of shootouts from the penalty spot, there's no goalkeeper, a wide-open goal from midfield where you kick it from the center spot. I like it. But you know what? If When they expand next year, it's either going to be San Diego or Las Vegas. There'll be 30 teams. Yep. And right now we know, and we've known this, that Bruce Arena complained about it when he was here, the unbalanced schedule, how you pick a Supporter Shield winner. This season, for example, the Galaxy will play LAFC, the reigning champions, three times. Only six teams in the East will play LAFC at all. So that means that you can make the argument that LAF, that the Galaxy have a much tougher schedule because they're playing the best team in the league three times. They're also playing Philadelphia. So, And they're going to award a Supporter Shield winner based on that. When they go to 30 teams, here's my idea for to set this up. When they go to 30, te- uh, 30 teams, let's go to three divisions instead of two conferences. Right. 
You play the nine teams in your division home and away. That's 18 games. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then you play everyone else in the league at least once, either home or away, and you rotate year to year. If the, that way you would get um, um, 25 of the 29 teams you would play your, uh, right. of the other teams in the league, you'd right. miss four. Right. If you expand the schedule to 38 games like the EPL, you'd play everybody. Every team would play every other team at least once. At least that's closer to being fair. How does the, the, the EPL doesn't play 38 games? Yeah, they do. No, they don't. Do the chat, do the, does the EPL play 38 games? They'll get it. I don't know. I haven't been paying attention for so long. I don't think they play 38 because games. Because there's, no, there's 20 teams I in the league. I think they play 34 games, Kevin. I'm telling you, it's 34 games. Wait. The EPL. Yeah, let's see. Let's see. I don't remember. To be honest with you, I, I there, so pay. Here, I want you to here, here's, why, here's why I'll tell you. Because mm -hmm. there's 20 teams in the league, mm -hmm. meaning 19 opponents. You play each team home and away. Right. 19 times 2 is 38. Right. Okay, Mr. Provino says you're correct. So this is your one chance to be correct. I mean, <laughs> I yeah, yeah. Everybody's like, yeah, it is. I could have swore it was 34. I, this is... I do not have time in my life to watch anything else but basically the LA Galaxy. I don't have time to watch the EPL. I don't have time to watch La Liga. I don't have Serie A. I know they exist. I will go to them and look for news and the whole types of things. So it makes sense. Okay. You, you're, you're correct. You're correct. Do you feel better about yourself now? Should we end the show now? Because that way... <laughs> that's right. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, sure you're going to say something go. else that's wrong and I will catch it. But for right now, you win. Good job. Well, um, like we were talking earlier, was it yesterday or today? I don't even remember when I was asking you about you, about you the buyout it. thing. And yeah. your response, no, no, the, the buyout okay. thing with, with, with what are they going to buy Costa? And your response to me was, um, tell me what else you think because I know you're wrong. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was your response. It wasn't like, what do you want to know? You said, tell me what else you think because I know you're wrong. Yes. I, I want to make sure that we get all the wrong things out of this. Like we need to, you, you're wrong. So I want to, now what else do you think is wrong? So that way we can fix that as well. Absolutely. And okay. I did ask you on consecutive days whether there would be a pod. And you asked me if I forgot <laughs> that I'd already asked you that. And I said, apparently, or I wouldn't have asked you again. Uh, LA Galaxy now have not played a game. We'll go to FC Dallas coming up uh, this weekend, March 4th, uh, an away game for the galaxy in fact two away games to start the season uh so it'll be uh, against fc dallas on march 4th it's a 5 30 p.m kickoff time uh that is of course on mls season pass um everybody remembers that that's every time now we never we, we don't have to say that anymore occasionally there may be a game that is also played on fox or univision and we will tell you what those are as well so that way then if you wanted to watch those on the other but for the most part everything's on mls season pass uh and you don't have to worry about that uh timeline Mr. Kevin. So here we are on a Friday. Josh flies off over to the Rocky Mountain State, uh, lands, uh, you know, gets drives himself to the hotel, goes the whole thing. Oh, by the way, pro tip, Kevin. I don't know if everybody who understands this about hotels knows this. You know how like they can you can check in on the app, right? Like, you can, yes. Yeah. Don't ever check in on the app. Never check in on the app. Do you know why you don't check in on the app? Well, I know every time I do, I get there and I have to check in again. They don't have any of that information. You have so, to start all over again. So you don't check in on the app because a lot of times the app will be like, well, your room will be ready at three, right? Like it's always that, right? Meanwhile, if you just go to the hotel and you say, hey, I'm, I'm, I wanted to ch see if I could check in a little bit early. A lot of times they definitely have a room for you. But if you would have checked into this one particular room that wasn't ready, it'll make you wait till three. So pro tip, don't use the app to check in. Go to the front desk and tell them if you're early, tell them you're checking in early and you know that type of thing most of the time you can get away with that um all right so let's talk so i land there uh, all of a sudden i get a a a telephone call from from you right and you're like hey they're thinking about canceling this game right or postponing this game and i'm like oh yeah and and what basically what had you heard at that point 
Well, I had actually gotten a call from the league saying that um, the, the game would be postponed and it would be announced later. And I, I was like, what? Why? I mean, you know, what, what's the reasoning? And what they told me, some of it made sense. Some of it didn't make a lot of sense. They said they were very concerned about reports or forecast of thunder and lightning, especially the lightning. And that if there was lightning strike within eight miles of the stadium, there would be a shelter in place order. Right. And there is no place. There is no place for 80,000 people to shelter in place at the Rose Bowl. That means everybody would have to leave the stadium, go to their cars if they had cars there, they would have to slog through the park to the the golf course. If they had cars there, a lot of people are taking, um, you know, public transportation. Right. They would have no place to shelter in place. And then, even if all that worked out, then they'd have to let these people back in the stadium through the gates through the metal detectors. Again, it was just a logistical nightmare. So that was the big reason that they called it. Um, I think in retrospect, looking at pictures, I mean, Sunday was beautiful. They right. could have played Sunday, but. As you pointed out, one of the big problems really was the parking at the golf course, and that that would not have worked Sunday. The, the golf course was still inundated, so even though it was nice and sunny and somewhat warmer and there were no rain, there would have been no place to park cars for 80,000 people. I, you know, I saw a video. I was trying to find the video that I saw. There was somebody who was outside the Rose Bowl on Friday taking video, and the place was already flooded. It's down in, in the Arroyo there. It's down in like a little little valley, right? And all the water sort of comes down towards the Rose Bowl. If you've been there, there's hills on all the other side. And I think it tries to go out past the golf course, right? Because if you go out past the golf course, it eventually falls down um, into a drainage culvert or a river or whatever's on that side of things. So everything wants to sweep down and through that way not the best place to be whenever it's coming down in buckets so no there was and there was danger of flooding and, and but then the other thing was it made me think that obviously i mean the galaxy and mls pretty smart people um they saw the weather forecast like the rest of us they knew that this was a possibility and i um that afternoon i called the ceo at the rose bowl and said you know what? What are the possibility of rescheduling this? Do you, because the Rose Bowl is in a unique situation. Neighbors around the Rose Bowl have, in the past, um, required the city and the Rose Bowl to get permission for a certain number of events. So you just can't hold an event any day. You have to get permission from the homeowners association, and all that. Um, and at least that was the the rule in the past. I don't know if that's still in place. But right. in any case, when I talked to this guy, he said, "This is like a Rubik's cube trying to put this together. We have our schedule of events we've already." we already have in place in the Rose Bowl, including UCLA football. The Galaxy have their schedule, which is very tight this year with League's Cup and everything else. LAFC has their schedule even tighter because they have CONCACAF Champions League and Campione's Cup. And he said it's very difficult to put that together. We don't know what we're going to do. This could take some time. I hung up on him, typed up those notes, put the story online, and then immediately as the story went online, I got the press release that the game would be played July 4th. Um, whether he didn't know that as the CEO of the Rose Bowl, I find that hard to believe, but um, certainly didn't tip me off that that announcement was coming. Anyway, it's going to be July 4th, 7.30. The Galaxy will have their fireworks show then. They had to move the game with St. Louis City to September to accommodate that. Uh, LAFC has another game stuck in their schedule right in front of League's Cup, which I think is probably going to be a little onerous for them. I, I like it, though. As we were talking before we came on, I think this change in schedule at least – Initially, it seems to help the Galaxy in a lot of different ways. We already know Chicharito was not going to play Saturday. He had announced on social media that he has taken himself out. He was not going to play because of the injury. The Galaxy did not have Caligari. They have him by that game. They probably won't have him for the first two games. They'll have him by July 4th. Um, unless there are some other injuries, I, I think this looks good for the Galaxy. And the other thing is, is, is the Galaxy were able to reschedule this without having to force another game 
uh, a makeup game into this crowded schedule because essentially they got one week has been taken off of their schedule. They had as many as 50 games in 42 weeks. Now it's 50 games in 41. Right. Um, so, but, but the scheduling, I mean, obviously the galaxy were in charge of that. It was their home game. So they got the, the you know, they got first dibs on the rescheduling, but I think it worked out really well for the galaxy. Now 70,000 people have to change their schedules. I talked to some people that were, were telling me I'm at the airport in Chicago. I'm on my way to LA. Should I get on the plane? And yeah. It's like, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. we actually had, we had a couple uh, people. One of our, uh, one of our listeners says, listen to your two hour show. By the way, Hammer had a great line, two hours of my life. I'm never getting back. Right. It was one <laughs> of those. We do a two hour show. And of course it, it means uh, nothing, but memo wrote in and said, uh, listen to your, your two hour show before I boarded the plane from Portland for the first El Trafico of the year. My wife and I got a dog sitter and a babysitter for the weekend getaway currently in, in the air wondering what the heck am I supposed to do? Um, so yeah, uh, that was, that was a problem one. Here's, here's the thing. Uh, and, and you know, I think you went over some of the benefits of the thing. I'll, I'll tell you right now. I think the LA galaxy are at a disadvantage heading into Dallas. Dallas already had a home game. They lost, but they already got to shake off the cobwebs a little bit and, you know, shake out, stretch it out and feel, feel good about it. Now the galaxy go against a Western conference opponent that has played a game and they haven't galaxy will have to do that on the road, sort of shake off the cobwebs there. Well, and the galaxy probably hasn't even had a good training session in four or five days. I know angel city, angel city, the women's team, they're in Miami. Now they saw the weather forecast. They saw the rain last week, tried to train in it, saw the weather forecast and they said, screw it. They got on the plane, went to Miami. Yeah. Um, and the galaxy stayed here because they thought they might have a game, but I bet you they haven't had a good training session in at least five days. Yeah. I mean, maybe not. Maybe they went out onto the, you know, they have the turf fields, right. That they're out on. That's usually yeah. what they practice on whenever it's this raining, you know, that type of thing. But uh, you know, again, it's, you had the galaxy and you had them all sort of, you know, ready to go, ready to go, ready to go. And then all of a sudden now you have to back that back down. So they were finally ready to get everything, uh, you know, sort of shaken loose. I do agree with you though, in terms of the advantages, right. And about possibly getting Chicharito back. I mean, there's always going to be something else, right? Like it could be somebody else gets injured before the July 4th game, that type of thing. Um, you know, having a more complete roster by July 4th is almost a certainty. Um, the LA Galaxy with the signing of Caligari, and we'll talk here about that just a little bit. But with the signing of Caligari, you expect that you know there is um, that he'll be able to come into the team, get acquainted with it, and then be sort of that starting right back in place of Julian Rajo. That's the expected outcome of this move, right? You're expected that the LA Galaxy get a young designated player because um, we're expecting that. Still, you're expecting that Douglas Costa's fate has been determined by then, whether or not that means he stays with the team or loses the team, and. I, you know, I think you and I were talking about Douglas Costa and I was sort of like, I give it like a 20% chance of happening. There was another thing that happened too, was MLS changed the rules. <laughs> we were, this, this one went right under the radar. They, I mean, they can buy him out anytime up until the roster set for the playoffs. Even after that, if they don't want to, they don't care about the playoffs, they can buy Douglas Costa out anytime. Yeah. And, and realistically for the galaxy, they, they would have to do that. Normally the rule was you had to do it preseason. You couldn't do it once the season started. So here, which is why there was that drama around Giovanni Dos Santos. Right. And, and Zalapa, if you remember. And so you, we were all sort of waiting and anticipating and wondering, and I'm sure all the coaches and players and all the executives knew this rule had changed, right? Because it's not like the, the league doesn't let them know well, well ahead of what is going on um, with us. Although, you know, they didn't tell them about the playoff structure, but um, you know, they did, they did finally release that how it was going to go. But with that change, there was no longer a pressing need to move Douglas Costa immediately. In fact, you can let it play out a little bit more in case, 
realistically, what could happen is the LA Galaxy sign a young designated player in the next two to three weeks, right? They have until April 24th before that that primary transfer window closes. They could literally let things play out until April 24th. And on that 24th day, only for them, because they're the ones who don't have a summer window in order to bring somebody in. So really, you're right. They could sign Douglas Costa off at any point, but the, they need a replacement or we'd expect that they would go after a, a replacement. And so now and, they can see maybe they don't need the replacement like for like for Douglas Costa if they go that way and decide that he's not going to be on this team anymore. They could go with something else, but use Costa as the buyout and, and then move on from that. So I, I think that's interesting. Right. If you remember, again, I haven't forgotten. I mean, the whole Geo thing, it went right up to the last minute. They had to get Geo off the roster before the roster compliant deadline, which was the, first, the day before the first game. They had to get him off the roster so they could create room for Zlatan. So it was looking like either we start the, the Galaxy start the season with Geo and Zlatan goes away because there's no mechanism to do that after you set your roster compliance. Right. And so that, that rule has changed. But the interesting thing about it is the Galaxy are – Costa made 4.5 million guaranteed last year. That's what it, so I'm assuming he'll make the same this year around that. That's money if the Galaxy buy him out they have to pay 4.5 million dollars to buy him out. If they keep him they have to pay 4.5 million dollars. The Galaxy really don't save any money. That's significant money that makes it worthwhile. The only thing they do is they free up that roster spot and the designated player spot. So unless Costa somehow is being a distraction, right? I think the Galaxy kind of keep him until they need that spot for whatever. Yeah, reason. but there's the money th- is the same. Yeah, but there's this murkiness in there, and I don't believe that this this. So so what happens is that basically the contract gets turned over the to the league. Right. And so the LA Galaxy are on hook for playing, paying that player. But it's my understanding once that player gets sold, like Giovanni Dos Santos eventually, you know, got transferred out and got sold, that that money then comes back to the league. And I would guess that the Galaxy aren't out, you know, however, six million dollars or whatever it was for Giovanni Dos Santos. I imagine they're out whatever the difference was between those things. And they sort of pay no guarantee. Right. If no one wants him. Yeah, if no one wants him, I mean, uh, the Galaxy have to budget for that. They have to assume they're going to pay four and a half million. And again, let me be clear. I put this moving cost of thing at like 20%, but the fact that you didn't see him and it would have been nice to see whether he played at all, whether he dressed uh, to give us an idea of what direction the LA Galaxy were going. But with his, I think he had a uh, calf injury um, and then you had Chicha with the hamstring injuries and, and just these things that were sort of piling up. Now they get another week. Um, I don't know if Chicharito is going to be ready to play in Dallas. I don't think it's as important now. Um, realistically, the Galaxy got a big sort of burden that was on their head. And we talked about Greg talked about it with Greg Vanny leading all the way through the preseason is what do you see in this game? And he's like, well, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a, d- a dilemma. We have this really important game, but it's the first game and first games can't really be that important because there's 33 other games behind them. But you don't want to not win. And it's against your rival. And, y- you know, like you go into all these things, there was all this compete for the attention of Greg Vanny, uh, for the attention of the priorities of the team, and whether or not you had a quote-unquote complete team headed into that game. And the answer was, no, you did not. Um, And it's likely now, July 4th, that that game is. But you go into FC Dallas with likely the same issues, which is you don't have a complete team. I don't think Lucas Caligari is going to show up like tomorrow and be ready to play um, on Saturday. Maybe he would can't tell you right but right now we usually see that these things take a couple weeks to sort of get visas and everything else that sort of come through that yeah and his his transfer certificate but i mean yes you're right the games all and and greg is right the games all count the same but i i I think there is a difference between a road game in dallas and playing uh lafc at the rose bowl between before eighty thousand people um that make 
this delay good. I mean, they, presumably the galaxy will have teacher loop out. They'll have Caligari. They won't be, they'll have a full team things. You know, they'll be in the mid season strategist. If you're going to play that game, I think you want to, and you know what, it would, it's going to be the second El Trafico of the year because they play the first one now in April, which is interesting. Um, I, I just think it's just, it's a, I get Greg's thing. If we lose that game, it doesn't matter if we lose it or win it in, in, in February or September, but it does to the fans, and it does when there's 80,000 people there. You don't want to be embarrassed, and you don't want to go out and play without t- two guys who are going to be among your best players, Chicharito and Caligari, presumably. Um, and then Costa, we still, you know, he's still, we still don't know what we have with him. Yeah, I, I was just going to say that other people are also putting the the parking is already bad enough at UCLA whenever this happened. Listen, I know there's a lot of people who have conspiracy theories about this game being canceled. Um, if you saw any of the video, and again, I'll, I'll run through it if you're if you're on the YouTube. Uh, if you've seen any of the video, there's like zero chance that there was a place to play or a chance to play at this. And rightfully so, um, I think that they moved everybody or, or kept everybody sort of away from the stadium in this particular case. You know, you and I were talking and you're like, hey, if you want to put your tinfoil hat on, you think that, you know, that that possibility that maybe somebody made up the whole thunderstorms thing. And that was uh, that was an issue. No, no. My point about that wasn't that canceling the game was a bad idea. My, my, I think my point about that was that using the thunderstorm as the reason they didn't need to do that. Just show the video and talk about the parking lot and and talk about, you know, 80,000 people sitting in the rain. And is it going to be a good game? You know, two of the the marquee teams in the league on the first weekend of Apple TV, is this the product you want to put out there? They had all those arguments to make in in retrospect. I didn't see any uh, lightning near my house. Um, I don't know that there was any in Pasadena. And so that excuse sort of faded away from me as as important all the other ones were important but you said that there were um there were there were some there were some forecasts yeah you were going to tell us all about how no the state the unstable air mass yeah the on the the rear end yes i remember we had a nice little joke about that 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 stays off the air um no i mean i did see forecasts that called for thunderstorms and here's the here's the thing when you had something moving that that cold and that quickly and how windy everything was. I mean, the wind blowing was a major part of this entire thing too. That on the backside of those storms, you'll often get a lot of instability. Um, and so lots of different weather can sort of pop up from these different things. Sometimes, sometimes along fronts, along the front of a, of a storm, you can get a lot of crazy weather while on the rear end. And especially with the pressure dropping, I think as low as it did, it was a pretty big pressure drop. I know cause I got a headache and all that fun stuff. And I have a little barometer that shows me sort of where the, where the pressure's heading, rising, staying steady or, or falling, but on that back end can be very unstable. So the, the, some models predicted that there could be thunderstorms and there could be lightning. And so it, it is a safe bet to sort of sit there and say, you know, yeah, let's, it, it's probably not safe to have people out there. Not to mention the wind speeds and all the other things. I mean, well, well we, here's the other thing, put, put all that aside, put Chicharito aside, Caligari, everything. Would you want to watch a game in those conditions? No. Oh God. It was cold Whoa. too. No, 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 no. Like, yeah, no, there was, there was, that was the other thing is you weren't probably going to have the atmosphere that you quote unquote expected in this. Um, and I think I've seen, um, by the way, super chat from Roger, a uh, dollar super chat. Thank you, Roger. Appreciate that. Um, I have seen, uh, a lot of people complaining like, 
if they rescheduled this game for any date, there were going to be some people who were going to have plans that were going to be ruined, right? That's what happens is you're like, oh, we're all set to go for this season opener. And I bought the tickets because during that day, I'm not doing anything. And I wanted to go and I made sure that that was a priority. And now they're like, well, it's going to be July 4th. And some people are like, well, I spend July 4th with my family. None of us because we're always at the LA Galaxy game. I think I've been there for every single year. Although I may not be there. Uh, <laughs> funny enough, I may not be there Wait, for the Rose you Bowl. You weren't there July for 4th. this one. I yeah, know. you weren't there for this one. It doesn't matter. Yeah, no, you're right. A lot of people have 4th of July plans. Right. And, and that's the unfortunate part for the fans. But, you know, I sat in games in the – I don't know if you've ever heard of this English Premier League thing they have. And I have been to games there. How many um, games do they been, play in a season? <laughs> they play 38. <laughs> that's what I heard. Um, I've been to Man, games at Man City when it's been, you know, down uh, below freezing. Right. And it is cold. But – you're, you know, you're not sitting in rain and wind and, mm -hmm. and it's cold. And it, I wouldn't say it's un, I wouldn't say it's comfortable, but it's bearable. I don't think this would have been bearable for, for the fans. And again, we have 80,000 that were supposed to come. Uh, Brendel gave us a $5 super chat says, do we now realistically have a chance to pull off a sold out crowd come July 4th? It's tough. It's not like you can sell extra tickets to this. Right. Because you've already sold the tickets and there's a lot of people who are going to be like, I'm not going to go through the effort of trying to sell them myself. I'm just going to eat them because I, I can't go. But but to his point, that would be a sellout. It, it, it wasn't sold out. It yes. was close. But those tickets have been distributed. So all the tickets that have been distributed will unless there's some sort of buyback. Right. Those are going to count. Well, OK, so Don Garber was talking after I think the first uh, game had kicked off for the season uh, and he talked and they, they did a quick interview with him. Um, on the Apple TV stuff and, and doing all that. And he said, you know, oh, well, you know, we could have had X number of people at this one. And he goes, oh, and L.A. had, you know, a crowd of 63,000 plus. I'm like, does he know something about the numbers that was more accurate than someone? Because we saw 70,000, 80,000. Repeatedly. Right. Yeah. Oh, the whole deal. But Don, Don was under all those. So whenever I saw that, I was like, hmm, I wonder if that was the real number. And they were just, you know. Sometimes you get a little hypey on stuff where you're like, oh, you better be there. It's going to be a sellout. It's going to be a sellout. And you create the sellout by telling everybody it's going to be a sellout. Um, I wonder what would what would sort of happen with that. Um, and, and, you know, I did not see an announcement. Maybe I, I read over it, but I didn't see the announcement that there would be fireworks after the game. But I am assuming. Yes, there are. There are going to be fireworks. Yeah. Yeah. There's fireworks and the whole deal. I mean, here's the other thing, though, um, I w which. I, some people, and I've I've seen the I've seen the complaints as well from Galaxy fans who are like, July Fourth is a really chill atmosphere at Dignity Health Sports Park. You get to go, you have the fireworks. It's it's very you know relaxing. Like you go to a soccer game and you do it, and it's all about this experience and it's fun, but it's easy to get to and the whole day. Now you do that and you make it in El Trafico, then you make it at the Rose Bowl and you make it this thing, and now that is not the relaxing day that you were going to have um, whenever you go. It's it's a completely different. Um, sort of way of looking at it. And July 4th has the connotation of more partying and different things like that. So I imagine that the energy level for this game gets ramped way up. The other thing we haven't really even talked about either is the boycott of stuff. Moving the game to July 4th certainly gives more time for the boycott to come to a settlement of some sort. If there's going to be one, I have no idea, or at least allows for uh, some more time to talk before that game gets played. And in a perfect world, everything happens and everybody's happy with whatever the result is and everybody's at that game. So it does give more time and 
maybe there's some perception from Apple going, we don't want this game where there's like 20,000 people who stay there whenever the wind's blowing 30, 40 miles an hour and the rain's coming down sideways and all this other stuff. We don't want that. Even though it looked like possibly it would be lighting up a little bit or lightening up a little bit towards that kickoff. But um, I don't know what actually, was anybody near Pasadena um, on Saturday to see what it was? it was uncomfortable. I, I, the rain had let up. The wind was still pretty bad. It was still cold. I'll, I'll give the Galaxy this, though, what you talk about. I mean, you know, people talk about the Galaxy chasing the bottom dollar, and I'm not going to say that they're begun operating as a charity now, but two of their biggest uh, draws of the year, maybe the two biggest, Firework Night sells out every year right. at Dignity Health Sports Park. It's just it, that's going to happen. And then the Rose Bowl game, as we had talked about, we had heard 70,000 t- tickets distributed. Now they took those two events, those two mega events, and combined them into one. Right. Essentially, they took away one of their main promotional events of the year by moving it from Dignity Health Sports Park to the Rose Bowl. Um, it, but it, it is a sort of, the, I, I don't know, and looking at the schedule, I couldn't find a place to put it. It does seem like the perfect solution um, to them from a scheduling standpoint, from an event standpoint, there was, there it just was, seemed like a good, there was no perfect idea. solution. So this is as good a solution as any, as far as I'm concerned, I'm certainly not going to criticize it. I think one, I think they made the right decision, cancel, uh, canceling the game, postponing the game. That made hundred percent sense. Um, and then I think that moving into July 4th is as good as any, um, you know, sort of decision. I can understand people being upset, but when you go online and you complain that you had something to do on July 4th and now blah, 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 guess what? Like that is, have you ever tried to get a meeting together with more than like five or six people? And you're like, okay, what about Tuesday at three? Oh, yep. Tuesday at three works for me. And then you get to the fifth person and the fifth person's like, oh, I can't yeah. do Tuesday at three. It's like, okay, now yeah. back to the, imagine that times 80,000 people trying to figure out, are they going to call everybody and ask them now, are you free on Tuesday this day? It's like, it's never well, going to happen. Here's one more drawback that, that we haven't mentioned yet. That will be during the CONCACAF uh, Gold Cup. Um, you look at the Galaxy roster right now, and maybe Efrain Alvarez might be with Mexico. Uh, maybe Chicharito, with a new coach, might be with Mexico. So he might miss that game. But um, it, it, it's not like the Galaxy teams of the past, you know, Landon Donovan or Sebastian Legetta, those guys that you know for sure were going to be gone. Right. Uh, and LAF, you know, LAFC on their side, I'm thinking Kellen Acosta will be gone. They, they could lose a few players uh, on their side, although by that point, point in the tournament they'll be in the they'll be in the knockout stage so anyone that might be playing for i don't know el salvador honduras whatever they're probably they're probably back with the club by then yeah uh, well i mean you know again it'll be uh it's very interesting timing trying to trace this and track that that's something we'll keep an eye on as we get closer uh the big news of course today was the official signing of here here this is a good one 21 year old lucas caligari now did you know it's his birthday today no, yes. I did not know that. Yes, so in the copy, I think the Galaxy had 20, and then below it was yeah, 21. That's what I went. Yeah, that's what I went. Yeah, yeah. then if you go to go to it, it's his birthday today. So happy birthday, Lucas Calgary. He's 21 today. So understandable how that would, because I was like, I, I used 20. We can buy him a drink. That's we right. Can buy him a drink. That's right. If, if you see him, you can buy him a uh, drink. Um, but 21 year old, uh, right back. This is a guy we've talked about a whole bunch. Um, this is not a surprise. This is, uh, <laughs> you know, Greg Vanny talked about, uh, Tyler Boyd being the worst kept secret in all of major league soccer, uh, in terms of his signing. And I would say that, uh, Lucas Caligari was starting to become that second one where we talked about it. Remember after the game against Toronto, that pre- last preseason game, I asked Greg about Lucas Caligari, if he was one of those guys. 
And he said he was one of the guys we've talked to and, you know, that is on the list of guys that we had. And by then it was pretty clear that it was coming. And then you had Tom Bogert on Thursday confirm that basically that signing was done. So then you get Caligari's announcement today. We don't know when he's coming in. What we do know is one year loan option to buy. Uh, this is a U22 roster slot signing. This will make the LA Galaxy's third U22 roster slot signing. Uh, so that now leaves them with all three of their U22s and with an open designated player spot, they can have three or they can get a young DP and keep three U22s. If they were to go with a different sort of style, let's say they were going to go out and get Isco, right? Because his name constantly gets pulled into all these things. If they're going to go get Isco right now and pop him into that open designated player spot. They would need to get rid of two of their U22s by converting them to some other means. Maybe a TAM player. Maybe they would have to be something else. You'd have to look and see what categories they could fall into. That seems unlikely. And it seems that Greg Vanny has spoken about getting a young DP, has spoken about using a U22 spot who likes the youth fun spots, as we like to call them. Um, well, let's back back yep. up a little bit with all that stuff you just talked about. So if they have two DPs and they sign a third, then that affects the U22s. But if they buy out Costa and Nisco goes in that spot, everything is copacetic, correct? Correct. Yeah, because you'd still have two what we call... We, we make a distinction between senior DPs and young designated players. Just understand that if you go in the rule book, there's no such thing as a senior DP, just a designated player and a young designated player. But I feel like it makes more sense to call one a senior DP, which is like an older player, uh, which is over basically, I think 23 is the cutoff. Um, so 24 and older for the young designated players. They have to, they fall into that category of the designated player, not the young designated player. So that's where the idea of buying out costs and spending the four and a half million dollars might come into play. Yeah, it could. It could. And and we just we, you can watch this again. The Galaxy could get all three DPs and still keep their U22 players, but like shift them around. So that way Jovalich becomes a TAM player, you know, or uh, we always talked about Puj possibly being the young DP. You could promote him to a young DP and then get a max TAM player as well. So you could sort of shuffle things around in different ways. And there's a lot of different flexibility. I think that they're trying to give the coaches to be able to shift those pieces around my, my head hurts. Yeah, I know. I know it's a lot. Um, so anyway, so if we look at the roster now, this is what I have as the LA galaxy roster. It's not perfect. I'm still going through some things, um, in terms of the contracts and all that, but I think I got most of the stuff on here. Uh, I have the LA galaxy right now at 26 total players. Uh, they have eight of eight international slots filled. So they don't need this is with Caligari on the roster. So they had the availability to bring him in. They have done that. So now they have eight of eight international roster spots filled, which means if they're going to bring in another international, Kevin, they're going to have to find another designated player spot. Like oh, they, could right, buy me, out, I, I, they, they need a, another a, international, international spot. Yeah. They could buy out a guy like Costa, for example. And that would, of course, keep them at eight and bring another guy in for his his place. But I would imagine they're going to get a young designated player. So I imagine the Galaxy will have to go out and buy that international slot to bring in a young DP. That being said, um, look for that next move. That's the one. If you see anything like, hey, the LA Galaxy just traded $300,000 for... Yeah, of general allocation money to Philadelphia for a international roster slot, then you're like, oh, okay, something's coming. Here's the part, though, that I think is uh, a little interesting. By the way, four slots still to fill on the roster. So 26 of 30 players, eight of eight internationals, three of three on U22s, two of three on designated players. Okay, that's that's the the basic roster configuration right now. Galaxy actually are, are in much better shape with Caligari coming on the, the roster now. That's the Julian Araujo replacement. Um, 
so that's what we the the one thing that sort of keeps sitting in the back of my mind though kevin is i don't know that they've gone and even realistically put their hands on the young designated player spot that they like the person who's going to fit that yet and the reason i say that is anytime they reach out to somebody and it starts to get serious we hear about it right it's not it's not like we have great sources it's literally as kevin you always says well the the player has a girlfriend or the player has a mom or the player has a brother and next thing you know that player we've heard about it through the grapevine there's rumors that build towards it there's international uh press who cover teams and you know sit at the front door and watch you know executives walk in and out they get whiffs of it and the fact that we haven't heard that either means the yellow galaxy have the best kept secret in in maybe years um, that we have unlikely. no idea. Yeah, well, and, and overall, that is unlikely. It's unlikely for any team to be able to keep it that quiet for that long, or they haven't found that guy yet. And maybe they're waiting to see what they need, right? Because they're sort of in a spot now where we still think, and I'm of the opinion, that you need a, a, a winger. You need a young designated player who's going to be a winger for you. Um, maybe they're going to wait because they got Tyler Boyd, because they got Memo Rodriguez, um, because they got Douglas Costa, because they got Efrain Alvarez. I mean, granted, I think one of those guys is a true winger uh, in Tyler Boyd, and the rest can just sort of play that position and cut on the inside. It still seems likely to me that it's a winger, but maybe they're willing to sit through the first four, five, six, seven, eight games up until that April 24th mark before they decide and pull the trigger on that young designated player. And that's why we haven't heard any rumors about it yet. That's a dangerous game to play, though, because then you're going up against the deadline. We saw what happened with Barcelona and Julian Araujo when they played that deadline game. And and there's no fallback for the the, the guy. At least Barcelona had the summer window. Uh, Galaxy don't have anything until next year. Yeah, it's a, it's a significant gamble. I mean, we, we do expect that if the league institutes the intra-league transfers, that the LA Galaxy will be an active participant in the summer of those, right? Which basically means within the league. Um, that has never been anything that has been allowed to happen. Um, you're not you're allowed to trade players for for different things, but never just straight up cash, right? And that's what they're trying to institute within MLS, possibly this summer. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because with so many teams making the playoffs, I mean, we see in other sports once a team is out of the playoff race, they start trying to cut their losses and move players around. Guys who are almost out of contract, guys that they aren't they're not interested in resigning, maybe guys with big contracts. In MLS, with everybody in the playoffs, I mean, you're going to be looking at, I don't know, maybe Colorado makes Kevin Cabral available. You know, the Galaxy take him back. They're already paying half his salary. What? Else, what? Why not? You know. Yeah. 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 By the way, on that on that roster that you put together, do you have the salary? I do not because we're missing. We have like some unknowns. I don't know how much Tyler Boyd is making. I don't know how much Lucas Caligari is. I don't know how much Oriol Rossell. Uh, is making although I think he was at 455 last year for Kansas City and I would expect that probably comes down a little bit so I'm guessing he's like 300 325 uh, for sort of a backup and and what's the the Boyd situation he's not a DP obviously he's not no it didn't even say that he was a TAM player yeah so So he's under 600 or a 650, well, 650, 650 yeah. 250, I think is, is what it is right Because now. remember at the end of the, again, giving the galaxy credit where they deserve and we try to be fair. They spent 27 million. Uh, that was their payroll at the end of last season. Now they obviously didn't spend that because guys came in and their salaries were prorated, but that was the value of the contracts. 27 million. That's a, that's a franchise record yeah. um, for a franchise that had Beckham and Keen and Landon Donovan and all those guys on the same roster. 
they set a franchise record at the end of last season, twenty-seven million. Yeah, yeah, very well. Um, it, it's a lot of it's a lot of money. Uh, the other thing I would point out is that if you see base salaries and guaranteed salaries, those are most 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 likely last year's salaries. So you have Chris Mavinga on a million dollars. I doubt that Chris Mavinga came to the LA Galaxy for a million dollars as a free agent. Does that mean that he's making? Three hundred fifty thousand dollars? I don't think so. Um, I would guess five to five seventy-five to six. Uh, and people are going to say that's too much money for somebody who may not even be a starter. But um, I think that was sort of the market that they were looking at. And I think Mavinga could very realistically be a starter. It's going to be a, a, a battle between Mavinga and Neil and Caceres. I mean, and and I really think that between those three, you're going to and Sega Koulibaly, right? Uh, people ask him by the way. Sega Koulibaly did get a green card, um, which is why he's not an international player. Um, so yeah, that's, it's the roster building is more complete than I think people expect, but you're still missing a big piece, that one big piece. And Greg Vanny said, and has hinted at two to three to four more players signing. That makes sense because with 26, you need four to fill out a 30. And I would imagine that Greg is going to carry a full 30 because of, uh, just how many games there are. Maybe it's some of the draft picks that get picked up in that second, you know, sort of second spot. Um, so just keep that in mind is this roster is not done. We talked about that before they were playing LAFC. It's not done. We knew it was a work in progress. It's still a work in progress, but real. I think now we can sit there and confidently say there's one big move left for the LA galaxy, possibly two. If they go buy out on Costa, right? That's about it. But the buyout on Costa, I put it like 20%. Don't it's not, it's not a 50, 50. It's not, not 20%, maybe even less than that. You know, the thing with Mavinga and Memo, Rod, uh, Memo Rodriguez is, um, you know, I wrote earlier that the Galaxy, you know, they didn't make moves for a long time. You talk about this big move coming. We've been waiting for that big move all winter. You know, now we're 19 weeks since their last game and they haven't made that big move yet. That's what we've been waiting for. And I think Memo and Mavinga, to me, they were underwhelming. And you look at their salaries and you think, well, these guys must have been really good players. You look at the number of games they started last year, um, about half the team's games um, and I wrote that they had been released by their teams and they, they hadn't been, they were free agents. But what I meant by being released by their teams, that was an unfortunate choice of words by me is that the other, the teams had a chance to sign them right. and didn't, they allowed them to leave. Now, as someone at the galaxy pointed out, maybe the galaxy offered a bigger contract. I don't think so. I think both players took pay cuts to come here. I don't know that we'll find out. But my point was when a team has a player, they know him better than anybody. And if they're not using him every game and then they uh, then they don't resign him, you know, my radar goes up and says, did he just not fit in? That's possible. He didn't fit in. Or do they know something about him that they went somewhere else and got an upgrade? And so that's why I think those two guys were underwhelming signings for me. Now, I'd love to be proved wrong. I'd like to see them go. I mean, a memo had a great spring yeah. or a preseason, preseason yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah we're, winter. Still, we're, so, still, we're still in winter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can look outside and I see that. Um, but, you know, prove me wrong. I mean, that that would be awesome if he goes out and does that. But th that was my intent in saying that is that, no, they weren't released by the team. They left as free agents, but the teams didn't didn't make an effort to resign them. So what do they know that the Galaxy don't know? Uh, I wanted to bring if up anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, go ahead. No, that's it. That's okay. It. Okay. Done. Uh, I wanted to bring up uh, Alex Ruiz and, and he pulled up the heat map of uh, of Lucas Caligari just to get you give you an idea of where he's going, where he's playing, uh, played some left back, played some right back. Uh, you'll notice 
his work rates in that sort of center part of the field, right? And as a defender, that as a, especially a right-sided defender, you're going to be sort of, you know, 30 yards on either side of the uh, of the, the midfield line. That makes sense in terms of where you're going to get the most of your touches. The only thing I would say is that this particular heat map doesn't show Caligari getting as deep as Julian Araujo did, getting towards that end line as much as Julian Araujo did. I wouldn't be surprised if Greg Vanny works on that with him because Greg likes to see that penetration from those outside backs to get towards the end line. Sometimes not all the time, right? But putting good crosses from those end lines. And so I think with Caligari's speed um, and Larry Morgan sent me a text message to say that he didn't realize that Caligari was only five foot seven. Uh, Mr. How tall is Larry? Like six, three. Um, I think he's 11 feet tall. It feels that way whenever you stand next to him. But yeah, Larry has no no pity for anybody who's smaller than him, basically. Yeah, so he's lurch. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He Larry was like, well, that Kyle, that Kyle Gard kid better be fast because at five seven, I think I think Brugman is is Gaston Brugman is is like five seven five eight. Well, well I mean, he's going to tower over Ricky Pouge. So um, there's that. You know, when you look at the heat map, though, we don't know who was playing. Well, we can find out, but we don't know in those games who was playing in front of him. And what style they played. Maybe that was what his coach wanted him to do. Well, and you have the Brazilian connection as well, right? Because if Douglas Costa is playing on the right side where you expect him to, right? Then he is there with Caligari. So you have the Brazilian connection on the right-hand side. Was that on purpose? Or was Caligari really the guy who they wanted regardless of who was going to play in that midfield sort of section? Do they do that knowing that those two would have maybe a similar view of the game? If you're Brazilian, uh, sometimes you have a similar view of the game and how it sort of plays out. Um, I just think that that's an interesting little tidbit to watch those two play on the right side, assuming Costa stays and, and, and that he's healthy and all that fun stuff. Or bringing in a young designated player. Who knows where that kid comes from? But, you know, will he, will he be on the right-hand side? Because right now I think Boyd might be a left-sided midfielder. But Boyd can play either side, so you get to choose for your young designated player if you want that winger. Chat room talking and saying, Galaxy need a scorer, Kevin. And I think they're correct. And I would hope that whatever winger they get is that guy who can provide them, you know, in the 8 to 10 goal range from sort of that outside um, and and maybe maybe a handful of assists as well, four, five, six. So, you know, give me eight and eight. Sounds like a great number. Um, I think you take that all day long. That's 16 goals basically coming out of a winger. Uh, so that sounds... I, I feel like that's sort of what the target should be is a guy who gets you goals and assists. Um, and, you know, yeah, that sounds that sounds easy, right? You just get a guy who gets you goals and assists, Kevin. That's that's what everybody well, should do. But, but it's also more important this year than ever. I think right now, I mean, last two seasons, Chicharito, over a third of the team's goals, and he's already injured. And and we know what happened, at, you know, in, in the COVID year. Now, COVID was part of that, but he was, he was in and out all year. The next year, he had a long injury spell. Um, I, I think he had... Be realistic. You got to look at that and say the guy's going to be 35 this season. He's the majority of our offense, and he's already hobbled heading into the season. If we're going to make a move, it'd be nice to make a move for a guy that's going to put the ball in the net because we may not have our top scorer on the field a lot. Well, that, and you're also trying to replace Julian Araujo, who had, I think, nine assists on the season. Um, and so you, you need that assist guy as well. So there's all these things. Caligari should come in and help fill that, but you're not going to, you know, it's money ball. Right. It's money ball. If, if you have a guy who gave you nine assists, then you need to find two guys that give you that that and add up to nine assists. That way you can you could still have the nine assists or more than that. Right. So, so if you got to find a guy that has four, four and a half assists, I want to see that. Yeah, that's what assist. that's what you need. Well, in, in MLS, you call those second assists, just call it a half hockey assist. Yep, that's absolutely it. Uh, speaking of the Julian Araujo replacement, and we'll sort of wrap up the show here. Uh, Julian Araujo pictured. Uh, training with the first team in Barcelona. 
everybody was trying to make a big deal about this. Uh, it, as of right now, I don't know that we've seen the court of arbitration for sport come back and say uh, that Julian Rajo can be registered in La Liga. Um, I'm guessing that that's not going to go his way and he'll end up training a whole bunch. So Julian Araujo training with Barcelona's a team. Um, the top team there is definitely a way to say, Hey, Julian Araujo, you're here. We're glad you're here. Go out and train with the first team because you can't play with them right now anyway. So, so get, but get welcome to Barcelona, right? Welcome to Barcelona. This is the level that we expect you to be in. And quite honestly, uh, you know, if you look at preseasons and how a lot of things go, it is about some of those players who they get, you know, on the, um, on on the lower side that come up and train with that senior team so that way they know what to expect as they're going because Julian Araujo is going to need a lot of motivation to get through until the summer because he's not going to be able to play any games. Uh, and then there's an offseason, uh, which which there'll be a little bit of offseason. Then there'll be a preseason, which he'll finally get to participate in, and then he'll get to go. This is not going to be an easy you know, five, six months or whatever it is for, for Julian Araujo. This is a lot of really tough time. What? No, what I was going to say, what you talked about is he now has time to acclimate. And I know this is not going to become the wave of the future. This is not a movement. It's a quirk. But in, in talking to baseball players, when I was a baseball writer, they talked about how when you get traded midseason, you know, there are things you need to worry about. Like, do they have the right color spikes because they have a difficult uniform? How about my glove? But they traded for you because they need you. So there's that pressure right away that, that's self-imposed. I need to produce right now because this club spent a lot of money to get me in here. In soccer, that grows a million fold because now Julian Araujo speaks Spanish and he's been to Barcelona before those things are alleviated, but he is, if he were to go play in the first team, he's taking a huge step up in class. He's moving to a different country. He doesn't have a place to live. His family's not there. He needs to find a place to live. Maybe players don't, don't know the language. If you're going from say an African country to the premier league, which is a league that you, that they play in England, you should look it up. How, ma how, many, how go, many games do they play? <laughs> they play 38. Okay. Just checking. Uh, and, and so you come in there, you need to produce right away. You're moving into a new country. You got to get your kids situated, man. It is a real hassle. And I don't know how these guys go out there and produce immediately. But again, that's the pressure because that's why that club paid so much to acquire them. Um, it, I think it's great that, that Julian, that Julian's going to have some time to, that this is too much time but it's going to be able to, to sort of slow walk some of those things and find a nice place to live and all that. Again, this is not the wave of the future, but it just speaks to, you know, a guy that makes transfer in the summer right. is in so much a better position than the guy that does it in, in, in the middle of the season. He'll be ready starting the season for next season. That That's for sure. Um, but it is about getting that time. So I think that rightfully so give him some, give him some first team training time, right? That type of thing. Um, you know, we did see in the preseason this year that we did have some guys, um, some G2 guys training up with the LA Galaxy. So, you know, it's like, hey, you're training with them. You're in the preseason. This is what we expect from you. This is what you're aspiring to. You know, sometimes you give the guy, you let the kid dress and they get to sit on the bench, right? They probably, they're not really going to play unless there's like massive amount of injury, but you let them dress so that way they can sit on that bench and they can go, this is where I want to be. And then you're like, all right, go back down now and go play your games. Because if you want to be up here, then you need to do a lot more down there, right? There's motivational things for a whole deal. I think you're you're absolutely correct and nobody's going to disagree with this, that it's a huge step up for him. So seeing the speed right now in training, understanding what is expected of him only goes to help him. And I think that that's a, that's a great sign. Well, and what you talked about, you know, there are some teams that like to have LAOC is one. The first team is in one building and the academy and, and reserve team is in another building. And rarely do the two see each other. And the idea is you want to get better to go from here to there. You want to be in the big building. 
Um, the galaxy think another way. Uh, and I know that uh, when Robbie Keane was around, for example, and Steven Gerrard, they loved having those academy kids and the, and the, the G2 guys run into Robbie Keane and Steven Gerrard, and they would actually try to schedule workouts so that that would happen. So a kid could go up and ask Robbie Keane a question, and Robbie was great with those kids, from right. what I understand. You you want them to, you, you, hey, he's you know he's human just like me. I can do that. I can be that. I can ask him questions about that. And that interaction is, is really big. By the way, Robbie Keane flew all the way out to Los Angeles for the uh, Rose Bowl, and then there was no game. Uh, and then he went home and apparently uh, is now starring in a viral video. Have you seen his viral video? No, what does oh, he do? He he kicks a soccer ball like over the edge of a roof and into a, a basketball hoop that's probably 150 feet away, right? And it's one does of those. He, does he really do it? Or I don't one know. Of those where a spot I don't there? know. It's one of those that where the ball definitely the arc of the ball is hidden by the roof of whoever's doing it, so it could be adjusted, right? But it looked pretty good, and his wife, uh, Mrs. Robbie Keane. Uh, she came out and basically said, I, you know, I can, I can vouch for the authenticity. It happened, but that's one of those things you could definitely be like tongue in cheek. Oh yeah, that happened. I was there. I saw well, the whole thing. Yeah, Robbie growing, having grown up in Ireland, probably looked at the rain here and said, ah, what's the problem? Come on, let's go play. <laughs> let's go play. Yeah. The, as the Rose bowl floats down the river. Um, so anyway, well, that, that's it. That's what we have uh, for the show tonight. Uh, there is a Thursday uh, podcast that will get you ready for that FC Dallas game. Uh, the Hammer will be at the FC Dallas game. If you're going and traveling, he will be at the game, as at last I heard. Um, so now I think the Galaxy just have to hope that the weather doesn't crazy and it goes down to, the, the, to Dallas. There's one other thing that I sort of wanted to point to, though, is that in some ways the Galaxy are going to be chasing all of this stuff until September, because basically they're going to be a game behind a lot of teams until September. I don't love that, but we did see them with games in hand, sort of turn it on at the end of the season and pick up some of those games in hand and jump up the standings whenever it happens. So sometimes it's okay to be looking up at where you need to go and, and getting there. But I would have liked it should ha more. I think if they stayed on pace with the rest of the league, and I'm sure there's going to be weird little quirks where they'll be even with some teams and behind other teams and it'll come back and forth and, and do some things. But at least for right now, I don't love the fact that you're sitting there going, Oh, well these guys already played and they're already in first place and we haven't got a chance to yet. But this schedule is so hard to figure out this year. Let's say the galaxy do not go deep in leagues cup and they get two weeks off at the end of August. Uh, then they're going into that stretch with the extra game, a little bit rested where the teams that you would presume would do well in League's Cup, the better teams, the LAFCs, the Seattles, and Nashvilles, maybe those are the teams that the Galaxy are chasing at some point. And the Galaxy come out of that League's Cup rested. Those other teams come out exhausted. The Galaxy have a game in hand. It's just, you know, it's just really hard to predict how all this is going to come out. You can, you can make a case for both sides. I, I think the rescheduling, again, they didn't really have much of a choice. They didn't have a choice. The rescheduling... The rescheduling that they did, it looks like it's going to favor the Galaxy right now. And, you know, again, I could be proven wrong. What if, what if you know, three or four guys are injured by yeah. July or, or six guys are called up for for the Gold Cup? Then then this is this looks stupid, yeah, which it, it probably will. It, it, well, I mean, it, the only thing I disagreed with was you called the Seattle a top team again, and they just beat Colorado. So let's they missed the playoffs last year. Let's remember. Okay, good. Don't don't just gift people. I saw. Did you see ESPN's power rankings had St. Louis in 26th? And you're like, did they not just beat Austin? I did. Did I miss that? Like, if it's a power ranking, yeah. But did you see the second goal? Which I don't know that I saw the second goal. I saw the I saw the third goal. That a back won it. pass right. Uh, no, the a back pass right to a St. Louis player. 
Ridiculous. Apple TV. I think Apple TV has something on that MLS 360. I know there's lots of people who are complaining about different little things. I I so enjoyed that. I so enjoyed it so much. And I even liked the guests. I don't need it to be. I don't want it to be intense where I'm like, I have to watch constantly. I was able to do other things. And then they would be like, oh, and we got a goal in the Atlanta game. And I'm like, turn over, watch it. Cool. That was nice. Whole deal. And then you look over on the side and you see the scores and stuff. I think they could do some stuff to interface a little bit better, but I'm, I'm a big fan. I was all in Apple TV in terms of uh, knowing that it's all in one place. And I was not disappointed this weekend uh, with that sort of thing happening. I know there's people disagree. I don't really care. Work in progress as far as I'm concerned. And that was a great initial well, effort. You, you didn't even talk about the best feature, which was on your phone you can you can look up goals you can, you you can, can just like read re, you know shift through the game and find the goals yeah just drag it and watch the score change and then go back and be like let's watch that one okay cool i think there were some people who said that the highlights aren't being posted to youtube right now which is a huge mistake major league soccer so fix that you need to have highlights on youtube because that's where people go to look for highlights of games so they need well, to that, be there but that may be an apple tv thing nah, you don't want to can't they can't if they did that, they would isolate way too many people It is important that you still are that if you're in England and you don't have Apple TV that you can go and be like, how did this team? Oh, man, I should watch that game. That looked like a really good game. I should probably get Apple TV like it's an advertisement for Apple TV. They need to do it. All right. We're good. We good. That's it. Yeah. Man, I think, yeah, I know. I got dressed for this. Yeah, I can't believe it either. Uh, we showed up. Well, I was I was finally convinced that we wouldn't have to like make up topics in order to talk about. It. Now we had to do it again for a week. And I'm just like, can we go to just watching games, please? Just just games. I just want to watch games. So Dallas coming up on Saturday, LA Galaxy at FC Dallas Toyota Stadium, March 4th, 2023. That's a 530 p.m. Pacific time kickoff. MLS season pass is where you can find that. All right. Uh, let's see. I think I'm good. Yep. Check, check. Box, box. Good. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at KBaxter11. Head on over to LATimes.com for all of Kevin's wonderful writings. Their last uh, newsletter is being put out today. So the last newsletter, remember that. Or it'll be out tomorrow, so make sure you check that. All right. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, at Jay Guessman, at Galaxy Podcast, cornerofthegalaxy.com is where you can find all of our videos, all that fun stuff. We appreciate your support. Maybe maybe there'll be soccer this weekend. You can watch the LA Galaxy play. Who knows? I'm not going to guarantee anything at this point. For Mr. Kevin the Panda Bastard, I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.